you ready to dive into the powerful truth that the kingdom of heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. And so here's what I want you to hear right now. We are the people. We are the people. We are here for such a time as this. Your place on this earth is not an accident. You were created. You were created for such a time as this. Now, how exciting is that? Because that's coupled with a promise that if God put you here for such a time as this, that means that he is faithful to give you everything you need to represent the kingdom of heaven, to represent his glory, to represent the fullness of who he created you to be. Because you were created for such a time as this. And you belong to him. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you belong to him. So this is intentional. This is intentional. Which also means as I unpack what I want to share today, that you have the weapons that are needed to defeat the enemy that stands in your way. Scripture says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. God is so faithful with that. He is so good. So right now, just say, no weapon that's formed against me will prosper. Now that's really important because we have this amazing God who has chosen to partner with us and and bring us along beside him and, and use us in the battles that we face on this earth. Isn't that amazing? That he trusts you and he trusts me. That we will walk in the fullness of our identity. The fullness of who we are in the Lord. And he also loves us so much that there are times that he's going to give us warnings. He's going to ask us to step back and assess. He's going to ask us who we are. He'll ask us who we belong to. He'll ask us what we're dreaming. He'll ask us how our vision is. You see, if we see from an earthly realm, if we're only looking this way, we can really get messed up fast. And right now, there's been a major assignment released, and part of that assignment is called fear. So when we only look this way and we we assess this way and when we process just from this level, we go into bondage. But if we're growing and we learn to increasingly see from a heavenly perspective, everything changes. Because our God carries the full resources of heaven that are needed for such a time as this. And again, we were placed here for such a time as this. So we were not placed here to lose. We weren't placed here to give up ground. God placed each one of us here with intentionality. Knowing that there was a war that was going to need to be fought. Knowing that there was ground that needed to be taken and and often retaken. And yet he gives us everything that we need. So with all of that comes a warning If we look through scripture, we see that God would periodically warn the people 
that there was something coming, that there was judgment coming, that, that something was gonna happen. Why did he warn them? Well, he warned them because he loved them so much. You see, with a warning that comes from the heavenly realm, we can be assured that with it comes an invitation to step back, to reassess, to change, to humble ourselves, to repent. Sometimes it's to defend some ground that we've kind of been lax about, that we haven't been as faithful to defending as we should have been. So you see, a word from God is, is just a warning until it comes to pass. There's that, there's that middle time where he's asking us, what do you want to do? How do you want to handle this? Who are you going to partner with? Are you going to partner with the earthly realm? Are you going to partner with fear? Or are we fully, firmly convinced that we were put here as mighty men and women of God for such a time as this. So a while ago, the Lord actually shared something with me, and it's a warning. One of those words I talked about where we have to make some decisions. Lord, what are we going to do? How are we going to respond? How are we going to handle it? And we're in that season, so let me read you that word. It says, I hear the courts of heaven sounding an alarm. Immediately, I'm reminded of a smoke alarm going off to warn us that there's smoke. And you know, where there's smoke, there's usually fire. And I heard God say, my people are at a critical moment. And how they handle this moment as the body of Christ will impact whether the church moves forward or whether it becomes silent. My people are at a critical moment. How they handle this moment as the body of Christ will have impact on if the church takes ground, the body of Christ takes ground, or if we become silent and lose our voice. And this is a message, not just for the United States where I live, but it is a message for every single nation on the face of this earth. There is an alarm sounding. How are we going to respond? You see, God is actively and intentionally looking for mighty, mighty men and women of God. He's looking for those who understand and have embraced that they are here for such a time as this, that he will give us everything that we need, that the weapons of our warfare are very different from what the world uses, who are willing to pull down strategies from heaven rather than succumbing to the strategies of man, who are willing to draw a line in the sand and say, not today, I'm not giving this up. Not only am I not giving this up, but I have every intention of moving forward and taking back every single piece of ground and everything that has been stolen from me. Because I am a citizen of heaven and I know what my Lord did for me. I know that on the cross, on that cross of Jesus Christ, that every curse was broken. I know the keys were taken back for death. I know that with revival comes signs, wonders, and miracles. 
And sure, there's a fight right now, absolutely. In fact, there's a demonic assignment that's been released against the world, against every single nation, and that's a demonic assignment of fear. And you see, the thing that happens is when we succumb to fear, we get silenced, we get bound up, we lose our focus, we lose our vision, we give away the very weapons that God has given us to use to defeat the enemy, to defeat the fear, to defeat everything that comes against us. You see, we actually give them away. We give that power and we give that authority to the enemy. Whereas God has given us weapons that we're to use with great strategy, with great strength, with great power that comes only from the kingdom of heaven. Because that he has put us here for such a time as this. He is actively looking for mighty warriors, for mighty men and women who will put on their armor, who will pick up the weapons that the Lord's given to them, who will use them with strategic planning that comes straight from the kingdom of heaven with a precision that can only come from God himself. Is that you? Are you willing? Where's your faith? What's your faith level? You know, as we begin to use these weapons, we can feel rather weak at times. They can feel awkward. Can feel like we don't quite fit. But you see, when the Lord gives us the weapon, it means that he's also given us the ability to become stronger. And you see, if we don't use it, what happens is we eventually lose it. What are we at risk right now to lose because we have been silenced, because we haven't walked in the knowledge and the authority of who God is, because we've stood back rather than taking ground or even defending ground. What are we, what's threatening, what, what could be lost in this moment? It's so much more than what we can see. See, I firmly believe that when the demonic knows that we're on the verge of a revival, that the church, if the church really walks in their, her authority and who God has created her to be, if we truly step into that, then the demonic lose their power. So what a better way to silence that than to bring in fear? What a better way to silence that than to separate the body of Christ? What a better way to silence that than make us question our safety and our security. Or even if God's really God. What a better way to, to take us down than to have all the, all the human wisdom infiltrate the church. So that we're not living off the standards or out of the standards that come from the kingdom of heaven. What a better way than to make us forget that we're just temporarily here on this earth, but we're citizens of heaven. You know, when the disciples came back and they hadn't seen what they expected to see and they hadn't seen a healing and they asked Jesus about it and, and they're like, well, why didn't, why didn't this happen? Why, you know, you gave us all power and authority. God, he, Jesus had sent them out, go heal and deliver and set free because I've given you all power and authority. But yet... There came a moment when what had worked was not working. 
And so they do what we need to learn to do, and that's that they pull Jesus aside and they begin to ask questions. When was the last time you pulled Jesus aside and asked a question? When was the last time you pulled him aside and said, Lord, we need to have a conversation because I don't understand. I know that I'm in a battle and I know that there's something going on here and I know that something's out of line and your word says this. But God, I didn't see that happen. When was the last time we pulled our Savior aside? And that's exactly what the disciples did. In Matthew 17, 20. And Jesus' response? Yep, he tells them lack of faith. They had some more muscle building to do. They needed to do some more weight lifting when it came to faith. But you know, that's immediately followed with a promise. And he says, I promise you, if you have faith inside you no bigger than the size of a small mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move away from here and go over there, and you will see it move. There is nothing that you can't do. See, Jesus, is, he's taken this, this faith and this small little seed, and you know, some translations actually state that God gives us a measure of his faith. So he gives us that measure of his faith, and it needs to grow. And it's up to us to cultivate it, to nourish it, to help it grow. He gives us that measure of faith, that faith as small as a mustard seed. And when we have faith, we can say to that mountain that stands in front of us, you go, you move. You see, a mountain is anything that stands in the way of what God's intended purposes are in our lives, in our nations, in our world. It's what stands in the way of God's agenda. Do we have the faith? Have we been muscle building our faith so that we can say to that, move, that mountain, you move over there because you cannot stand in my way. God has a call on my life. He's put me here for such a time as this. And therefore, that mountain must move. That mountain cannot stay in my path. Takes exercising faith. How does that faith grow? Well, we have to get into the word, of course. Worship. Spend time with him. Grow that relationship. If we truly want revival, if we want to be a people that shakes the very foundation of earth for the kingdom of heaven, we have to do some weight lifting and grow that faith. Some of you right now, you have mountains that you need to speak to and you need to tell them to move. You need to know who you are, the authority that you carry, the kingdom that you belong to. You see, if you're a child of God, you're not just a citizen of Russia or a citizen of the United States or a citizen of Africa or a citizen of India, citizen of Japan. No. All of us carry the same citizenship papers from the kingdom of heaven. So what are we relying on? What are we carrying? You see, as that faith builds and as we become stronger, that's the faith that moves the mountains on the face of this earth. That's the faith that draws a line in the sand and says, not today, Satan. 
Not today. In fact, not only are you not crossing this line, but again, I'm going forward and I'm gonna take this ground for the kingdom of heaven because I was put here for such a time as this because I am a mountain mover, moving warrior ninja from the kingdom of heaven on assignment on the face of this earth to take back anything and everything that the enemy has stolen away. And you know what else? Our God is so good. He can unveil the assignments of the enemies so that they're actually exposed before they come to pass. And in that moment, there's also a question, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna step into it? Are we going to war? Are we gonna fight the battle? Understanding, again, that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but our battle is against principalities and powers. So we take the fullness of the kingdom of heaven which remember includes a lot of love. That's one thing we've been forgetting to pick up is that love. We've seen racial divides. We've seen murders. We've seen intentional harm. And yet as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we're to wrap everything in love. Now when God talks about that, he's not saying that we accept everything He's saying that we love everybody. Remember, our God loves the sinner. It's a sin he has a problem with. So how are we viewing this as we're called into battle? Are we, are we going against the person or are we going against the principalities and powers? Are we shaming and judging the person or are we looking and saying, wait a minute, demonic, not today, not on my watch, not right now. You can't have this because... I was made for such a time as this. I'm a warrior. I'm contending for the kingdom of heaven. And I already know the end of the story. So how am I going to walk? How are you going to walk? You see, we have to radically understand and believe, despite what the world tells us, that there is nothing and no one who is higher or stronger than our God. Oh yeah, Satan, he goes around like a roaring lion and he looks for whom he can devour. He has strategies, he has plans and purposes. But you know he can't be everywhere at once. Do you understand that he's not creating anything new? He's just trying to take the truth of the word of God and take it one degree off. He's trying to take the power that comes from the throne room of heaven and have us doubt it. He knows that where faith is supposed to grow, that if he can plant a single seed, he disempowers the mightiest army on the face of the earth. And the mightiest army on the face of the earth is supposed to be the body of Christ. So I ask, is that the mightiest army right now? Or does it seem that we've been silenced as this assignment has come out? As the way that we respond in this season, as the way that we react, as the way that we think, are we going forward with a battle cry or are we stepping back in defeat? Are we stepping into the fullness and the more of God or are we cowering in fear? Are we processing and looking from heaven's agenda 
Or has the earthly realm just totally come in so strong that there's like this fog between us and heaven and we're not able to understand what God is saying? Has his voice been so muffled because the world's voice has become so strong? All questions that we need to ask ourselves, especially as we come to understand that you were created for such a time as this, that this isn't the time to give in. This is actually the time or the season to contend for more of God, to contend for revival, to make sure that we're not one degree off. Do we understand that all Satan needs us to be is one degree off and we miss the fullness of who God's called us to be? So if we were to blast off to the moon from here in the United States and that rocket's one degree off, we actually miss the moon by 4,000 and some miles. You see, that's all Satan needs, and that's why this assignment of fear that has things like a pandemic behind it. Here in the United States, it has things like racial division behind it. It has, it has all sorts of stuff being taught in the schools which does not align with the word of God. One degree is all it takes. One degree actually strips away the weapons of God's people. Are you in the word? Are you growing in that relationship with Christ? Have you picked up your weights and are you building those faith muscles so that not only are we dressed in our armor, but we know, we know how to use those weapons that God's given us. That we're a force to be reckoned with that cannot be taken down because we understand our identity. We understand whose we are and what we carry and, and what God has for us. And there's no more questions about it. That no matter what comes against us, we can't be moved because we understand our identity. Do you understand that you are a son of the most high God? Do you understand that you are a daughter of the most high God? Do you understand that you are a heir to the kingdom of heaven? Isaiah 33, 6 gives us a really powerful promise. And I think in this changing times, it's really, it's really important to understand. And this is what it says. He will be, he, God, he will be your constant source of stability in changing times. And out of his abundant love, he gives you the riches of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. Yes, the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Now look at this. He's asking us to put on armor. If we're being told to put on armor, that must mean that God provides armor for us to put on. That scripture, of course, was out of Isaiah. We can jump into Ephesians where it goes through the whole armor that we're supposed to have on. So in other words, from the moment of salvation, there is a certain type of clothing that we're to wear. And it's made just for us. It fits us perfectly. In the Old Testament, we have the account of David going and, you know, he walks into the camp and, you know, here's God's elite army, the Israelites, okay? They're right there and here's this giant, Goliath. And the very army of God is fearful, because they look at this giant or this mountain in front of them who's taunting them, over and over taunting them, and they're too afraid to go up against it. Why? 
because they forgot who they belonged to. They forgot who was on their side. And so here's David, okay, just a young man, probably a scrawny little kid, you know, small in stature, coming to bring his brothers, to bring the mighty warriors something to eat. And he looks at this giant. And you see, David is so solidified in his identity that in a moment he knew, I have been created for such a time as this. And he basically looks at the Israelite army and says, what are you doing? Don't you understand who your God is? Don't you understand the bigness of our God? You're the Lord's army. Why are you shaking in fear? And at the same time, he looks at this big giant and he's like, what do you think you're doing? Don't you know who you're up against? This army belongs to the Lord. So with that, of course, Saul, who was trying to help David out, Saul was the king. Saul had, I'm sure, wonderful, top-of-the-line, elaborate armor. And what an honor and privilege for, him, for, David to say, for Saul to say to David, here, you wear my armor. The interesting thing is, David had a word on his life that he was to be king, but he was not king yet. And that armor did not fit him because that armor was made for Saul. Because David had to walk into the right battle in the right season. And at this moment, he was the little shepherd boy who was going to war against the giant because God had said for such a time as this. Do you understand that some of you might be the David who is coming into this place where you look and there's all this power and there's all this authority and yet they're just one degree off. They're scared. Fear has entered the camp and you might be the very voice that brings victory. So David had to go and first he tries on Saul's armor and it doesn't fit. So he just says to Saul, I can't wear this. Takes it off. Because he knew that the only way he could win that victory was to do it in the fullness of the identity of who God created him to be in that precise moment, doing exactly what the courts of heaven were saying to do, stepping into it with full focus on God and not on that giant. You see, when we focus on the right thing, everything changes. So he goes down and he just picks up those stones now I can hear the soldiers. I can hear them laughing. I can hear these big mighty warriors saying, what's this kid think he's doing? I can hear his brother scoffing him. I mean, isn't that what siblings do half the time? And yet David just focused on a kingdom assignment. And he said, you know what? This giant, this mountain in front of me, all the jeering and everything he said, even though he's teasing me for being so tiny. You see, I know my identity and I know who I am and I know who my God is. So therefore, those words that Goliath was, was using as he was taunting David just bounced off. They couldn't find a home. When our identity is in alignment with the kingdom of heaven, with who God has called us to be, when our identity is aligned correctly, 
The taunts, the jeers that come at us can't find a home. Are those taunts and those jeers finding a home? Or are they sliding right off because you know who you belong to? If you really want a global move of God, revival, if that's what we really want, if we want to see worship explode, then we have to come to the point where we've been doing those, that faith weightlifting and we know whose we are and whom has sent us and what the timing component is and the weapons that we're supposed to, or the armor that we're supposed to wear and the weapons that we're to pick up. So you guys know the story. David takes one rock, just one, puts it in the sling. You see, God had had him hidden away practicing for years for this encounter. How many of you, God's saying it's time to come out of hiding? That he's had you hidden away, but for such a time as this, it's time to come out of hiding. And don't try to wear somebody else's armor because it wasn't made to fit you. The only armor you can put on is that which the Lord God has given you. The only weapon that you can carry in your hand is the one that the Lord had given you. You see, David learned to use a sword later on. He became a very mighty warrior. But you see, in this moment, the weapon God gave him, what he placed in his hand was a rock and a slingshot. So even what looks like the most unlikely thing, the most unlikely weapon, when it has the power of the breath of God behind it, when it has the ruhad, the, the breath that flows from the Holy Spirit, when that is driving it, that one little stone can take down a giant. So as we look at what's going on in the world today, it could seem so big and it could seem so massive, but that one little stone, what he puts in our hand, what does he put in your hand for such a time as this? If the Lord has put us here for such a time as this, that means he's given us the weapons that we need for such a time as this. He's given us a voice for such a time as this. Remember, David declared to Goliath that he was coming down for the Lord. All right, David knew. He knew. There was a confidence. It, was, it wasn't pride. That was a holy boldness that rose up within him. And how many of us in this season, in this day, need that holy boldness, the, the roar that comes from the line of Judah to defeat the enemy? I want to share with you a picture God gave me some time ago. And that's that, you know, Satan, scripture says, Satan roams around like a prowling lion looking for whom he may devour. And yet we have God who's as gentle as a lamb, but roars like the lion of Judah. When that roar is released, everything changes. We know in the natural, or at least I've read, that when a lion roars at its prey, that the prey is paralyzed, it actually can't move. So here we have Satan roaring at us, remember, roaming around like a prowling lion, seeking whom he may devour, trying to find the ones that are weak, that aren't connected with other believers, that are not building their faith muscles, that are susceptible to fear. And he says, I'm gonna go after that one. And that one, and that one. But you see, when the roar is released from the line of Judah, do we understand that the demonic have to flee? 
That when that roar comes down from the kingdom of heaven, it acts like that one stone that David took in his slingshot and it takes down the giant. The demonic has been roaring because the demonic's been on assignment. The assignment has been to instill fear and to take down the body of Christ and to silence the church because the demonic understand that when the roar from the kingdom of heaven is released, that there will be victory. When the roar from the kingdom of heaven is released, that revival will fall. When the roar from the kingdom of heaven is released, that word that's in scripture, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, we will actually see that come to pass. We feel like we've lost so much ground. We feel like there's so much stripped away. And yet right now is a pivotal moment where how the body of Christ decides to respond will have impact that will go from generation to generation, from generation to generation. What are you willing to give up for your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren? What are you willing to contend for, for our children, for our great-grandchildren, for our grandchildren, for our great-grandchildren? We have a choice to make. Either we give up the ground or we contend for it. Either, either we walk in the spirit of fear of the demonic, of man, or we, we rise up as a mighty army and we say, no, this, this can't happen, not on my watch, not today, not on my watch. I have to wonder what Saul's army thought, what the Israelite army thought as that giant came down because of David. This little shepherd boy. As I said before, some of us, maybe that voice that's been in the background, that's been out in the pasture practicing, killing the lion and the bear. And God's saying, it's time to release that. It's time to release what I have shown you, what I have taught you, what you've been contending for. You've been in hiddenness. And God says, now's the time. Are you ready to walk in that type of faith? Are you ready to release the roar that comes from the Lion of Judah from the very kingdom of heaven? Are you ready to send that rock flying that takes down Goliath? Or are we gonna sit back and let things be taken that actually belong to us? You know, in, in, in biblical times when a war was won, there were numerous things that happened. One is those who were taken captive were marched through the streets. It was a triumphal entry, and we have that picture in the New Testament. The other thing that happened on the battlefield is, um, you know, the, the, the war would be won, and you'd go and collect the plunder. I mean, you'd go and raid the enemy's camp. So not only did you get whatever you were contending for, but you also got the plunder from the enemy's camp. I want you to hear, church, it is time to go in and, and raid the enemy's camp. It's time to stop backing down and to come in and to contend for what is ours. And to really take our assignment that we are here for such a time as this. That God has given us the full armor that we're to wear. And that we can tell that mountain to move because of who our God is. That we don't need to be silenced. But there is a voice, you see, again, there is an assignment of fear. There's an assignment to silence the body of Christ. But with that, 
in the heavenly realm, there's an invitation. And that invitation is how loud will you roar? Now, some of us need a starting point. You're like, I don't think I'm quite ready to go out and, and pick up those rocks or take that sword. There's a great place to start, and that's with worship. And that's one of the things I, I absolutely love about this conference because it's revival and worship. And you see, worship, worship, when we truly worship the Lord, so much changes. I mean, when a believer worships, really begins to worship, the demonic realm begins to shake. When we truly begin to worship, our vision gets set right. Our eyesight gets set right. We, we, things become clear because we're entering into the heavenly realm. As a body of Christ, that's one of the major tools that we have in our arsenal, is that we have to worship. That's actually one of the things that's been stolen away as churches are not meeting together in, in many areas, is this corporate worship that's coming together to really extol the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who is worthy of all praise. We've also gotten so caught up in the love songs to God, which we need, they're, they're beautiful and they're wonderful and he's worthy of all praise and for us to pour out all love to him. But there's also a place for declaring and decreeing and singing and worshiping from a warfare stance. Because we don't have a wimpy God. We have a God who is the Lion of Judah. And there's a roar that's to be released. Remember that word I shared at the beginning? My people are at a critical moment. And how they handle this moment as the body of Christ will impact whether the church moves forward or becomes silent. I want you to hear right now, it's that pivotal moment. We cannot, we cannot, we cannot afford to give out gr up ground because it's politically correct, because it's socially correct, because we're afraid of what might happen to us. It's a time where we have to have a voice that stands on the word of God and the principles of God and the power of God, the promises of God. And won't waver from that. We have to be that house that's built on the rock. And even though the storms are coming and they're hitting, we stand firm. Because we are unwilling to compromise who God has called us to be. Because why? Because we're men and women who have been given the armor of God. We've been given the sword of the spirit, the word of God. We're firmly attached to it. We understand who, he, who God says he is. And that we are here for such a time as this. So rather than sitting back, we're going to start to change the world. Why would we let the world come up with all the creative ideas when we have access to the most creative one, the one who spoke, the one who spoke, hear me, the one who spoke the, our very being into existence? That's what we have access to, the full creativeness of heaven. So if you want to see revival come, start worshiping. If, you want to see, if we want to see revival come, we pick up those weapons. If we want to see revival come, we exercise these faith muscles. If we want to see revival come, we sit down with Jesus just like the disciples did. And we say, God, this is what your word says. But my experience didn't line up with your word. Hear me. 
We get in the word and we bring the, our experience to where the word says and what the word says. Never, ever, ever can we downplay the word or dumb down the word of God to match our experience. This is a season where we call our experience and our voice and our passion and the power that we carry into alignment with the kingdom of heaven. There is so much to be lost if we don't. But there's so much to be gained if we do. So let's take a few moments as we wrap up. I want to pray. We're going to do a little bit of declaration together. Because you know what? It's wartime. We cannot continue to stand down. The demonic has given a stand down order to the body of Christ. And right now is the time to stand back up and say, no way, not on my watch. I'm not giving up this ground. I'm not letting the demonic have it. Not only am I going to take this ground back, but I'm going to get the plunder. And do we understand, church, do we understand that that body, that, that plunder are unbelievers who have yet to come to know Jesus Christ. This is the season where they can come into the kingdom. There's so much at stake right now. So much at stake all over the world. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. And Father, we just ask your forgiveness for, for when, we have, we, when we've stayed in the background when we, you're calling us forward. When we haven't realized that you have us hidden away training but you're calling us out for such a time as this. God, we ask your forgiveness for the times when we have declared ourselves as not being capable or not being enough. But you have declared that because of you, we are more than enough. So God, right now, we come before you and we take that position as warriors, as, as a body of Christ, warriors in the kingdom of heaven. And if you're someplace where you could stand up right now, I want to encourage you to stand. Because you have to understand, warriors don't fight sitting down. Ephesians tells us that when we have done everything we know to do to stand, and we keep standing. In the kingdom realm, standing is active, it's not passive. So I want to encourage you to stand up. Put on that armor. Make sure you've got the breastplate there. Grab the sword. <laughs> Some of you guys are saying, but I'm only ready for a few rocks. Well, then grab those rocks. All right, grab those rocks, but put on that warrior. Put on that warrior attitude. Remember, Scripture says, I could do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Not some things. I could do all things. So if he's called us to be a warrior, that means that we, you are a warrior. Right now, I decree and declare over you that you are a warrior. I decree and declare that you are here for such a time as this. I decree and declare that God will impart the wisdom that is needed for this battle because he is the commander in chief. Some of you who have been silenced right now, we take that tape off your mouth. We say no more. Some of you, you need to do that yourself. Just pull that tape off and say no more. No more. Just as Goliath went and he taunted David, it's time for you to pull that tape off your mouth and say not today because you're coming down because you are a mountain. And God said that through him, because if I have faith the size of a mustard seed, that mountain can move from here to there. So that mountain has to get out of my way. 
because I'm a citizen of heaven, because I'm a child of the king. Some of us, we've gotten kind of off because we feel that humility, that we have to get low. And yes, we get low before the Lord, but when we get low before the Lord, what is released is this power and this strength and this boldness that comes directly from the kingdom of heaven. So some of you need to stand up and you're, you, like you're standing, but what I see is that you're not really straight. You don't quite have that warrior pose because you're not sure that that's possible. And I hear the Lord saying, this is the time to stand, so straighten up. Get that back straight. Let out that battle cry that comes from the very throne room of heaven. Because God is saying, for such a time as this, and this battle must not be lost. And even with fully equipped for war, fully equipped with that armor, with the swords, with the rocks, whatever he's put in your hands, Stop disqualifying yourself because you are more than able. So take all that, all that armor, all that weaponry, that voice, stand up straight. And even from there, the starting place is to begin to worship. Because our God is a good God. He's worthy of all praise. He's the creator of the universe. He is our commander in chief. He has decreed and declared that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So we're gonna take him at his word. And we're going to move and we're going to take that ground. And again, not only do we take that ground, but we're going to take that plunder. So my question is, are you ready? This is a revival and worship conference. Are you ready to shake the ground a whole different direction? 2020, the ground's been shaken for a lot of reasons, and most of them are the wrong reasons. We can end this year shaking the earth for the kingdom of heaven. Are you ready? Because we need you to do your part. I need to do my part. But you know what? We put all of us together and we have an army, a force to be reckoned with for the kingdom of heaven. Thank you for listening to The Real Truth with Ruth. If you like what you heard today, please visit ruthhendrickson.org for books, blogs, e-courses, and spiritual growth. You can follow Ruth on Facebook or Instagram at Ruth Hendrickson Ministries. See you next week.